1: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Our Portuguese
0: Table. Bom dia, Maria. Bom dia, querida. How are you? I'm fine. How is it out there in California? Um, it's not too bad. I,
1: I And I know you guys are expecting another nor'easter storm, so I don't want to yes. say too much. Yes. It is. It
0: is supposed to rain, like, all week here, but... Nothing. Yeah, it's our third nor'easter in twelve days. And I am just glad we're recording this today because I don't know if I'll have power tomorrow. I know. Oh so. <laughs> <laughs> so crazy.
1: Well, hunker down. And I know you said you've uh prepped some uh some ingredients to make the yummy soup. So hopefully yes, that will I'll
0: be making keep you guys warm. Oh yeah, big pot of soup. And we've got gas in the car. We have propane for our a grill and we have like you know I have to bake just to be make sure make sure yeah. everything is covered but today I'm so happy we're gonna be um we're gonna be doing this today our podcast we yes. have a very special guest don't we well it's our very first fadishta that we've ever I know, spoken we've never had anyone like this before so today now David Garcia yeah
1: from San Jose hi David come on in to the conversation Hello. how are you Good. How are you?
2: Great. It's a pleasure to be on uh, your podcast. Thank you for the invite.
1: No, we're so happy to have you. And it's a great, it's great timing because you are coming out with a a second CD. It's your second, right?
3: Correct.
1: Yeah, second CD. And your launch party is sold out. And it's a very, very exciting time for you. And uh, we can't wait to hear all
2: about it. Definitely. A lot going on.
0: Yeah. I know, so I mean, where do we begin? How nice. does this all start? And I uh, definitely, this is. I mean, granted, I'm I'm out here in the East Coast, but congratulations, on, Congratulations.
2: Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, it's yeah. been it's been a long time coming for this second one. Um, I've been working on it for about two years now, uh, due to a couple of health issues from my guitarista, Helder Cavallera. Mm-hmm. There was a little bit of a delay, but thankfully uh, it all ended well. Um, he had uh, some surgery done on his uh, elbow and shoulder. And so thankfully he's playing again and we were able to complete this album with him playing. So that was our main goal. And yeah, so far it's been running smoothly and he's been doing great.
0: Now, let, let me ask you this. We're going to, I'm just going to go right in. like Because I know Fado, for those that you know, know Fado, because if you're listening to this podcast, you'll know what Fado is. But it is it is the Portuguese blues. I mean, it is the to me that's that's what I've always felt like it was. Yes. And so how how does someone grow up thinking I'm going to sing Fado? Where did that all begin, David?
2: Uh-huh. I ask myself that all the time. I uh, was a weird child. <laughs> <panel laughs> <thing. laughs> you know, uh, all the kids who were listening, you know the american hip-hop rock or whatever it is i was hiding in my room listening to fado i, I grew up listening to literally the records i'm not that old but I, i'm making myself sound old uh, <laughs> but i literally grew up listening to the records the vinyl records of Fernando farinha amalia Carlos do carmo uh alfred merceneiro and it, it just it hit me as a kid right away. I was drawn to it. So were you, you know,
1: introduced Were you introduced to Father by your parents? Like, were they playing it in the house or did they play it in the car? Like, how did enough, you first hear it, hear it? Oddly
2: enough, not really. I mean, they had the records, but we would hardly ever hear it. It was mainly me that would just pick it up. Uh, we, I'd hear it on the radio, but it wasn't something that we were fanatics about. I know my grandmother on my mom's side, my mom's mom. Her favorite Fadista as well was uh, Fernando because as he is mine. So I don't know if it was just one of those odd connections that we had uh, telepathically or whatever. Yeah. That yeah. Let, let me tell you, at
0: home, we used to, uh, my mom loved Fado, mm-hmm. and her favorite was Amalia, Amalia uh, Rodriguez. And so with that, I used to listen to that it was the type of thing she would put it, the albums on and listen to it. And and to me, it was, i have to be honest, it was very depressing. It was just <laughs> very depressing. So you know how we always have uh, that kind of melancholy way about us? No, Do, definitely. We have that melancholy way. And so it was the type of thing she would be listening and she'd be crying. You know, it would be like, mm. oh my God. So yeah. for me, it was like, Oh, like what the heck! So, so it didn't. It didn't hit me. It didn't hit me. I, I
2: definitely think it's a Portuguese thing. We tend to. I don't want to say dwell, but we we live missing what's been passed rather right. than enjoy the present. Mm-hmm. Focus on the future. We really think about what has gone by and what we're missing. And, and I think yeah. definitely plays a huge role in that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah. Just to to that point. Quick side note. I remember when every time my we go over to my in-laws they're watching rtp and there was always a documentary or a show that was about the history and i was like my gosh is there any show about like what's currently going on
3: (laughs) it was was
1: like we love our history and our culture and like looking backwards and see what's it's always struck me um which is you know you appreciate you know where, where you came from and everything but uh but yeah it's it's um that's certainly a trend (laughs) that's that's in our dna to be melancholy but um but there are happy fathers too right i mean
2: definitely there are very a variety of fathers uh in this album that i'm coming out with i definitely tried to capture a little bit of each style of father (coughs) relating from you know your melancholic stuff your happy masha stuff uh, to original stuff, and then even a surprise tune from Coimbra, which is something that's very rarely sung, especially out here. Uh, and almost nobody sings anything Coimbra, much less record it. So mm-hmm. I went out on a limb and, and tried it out. So we'll see.
0: All right, so David, let's start from the beginning. Where are your fa- Where is your family from?
2: So I was, born, I was born here in San Jose, born and raised all my life. Uh, my parents both came from Magdalena, from Pico, in the Azores, and they came here back in 73. And yeah, they never looked back. Uh, they had me a couple of years later, and I, I was brought up very traditional Portuguese. Um, Portuguese was my, was my first language. Uh, even when I started school, I ended up having to go to a tutor to learn English because I didn't even know it because my parents didn't speak it um so yeah I was brought up very traditional so even when I talk to people or even people when they ask me oh, where are you from I tell them right away I'm from Pico uh, <laughs> God, but it feels like I was um I've gone back several times so much that I know it extremely well I know everybody there so i nice. there I just I feel at home so
0: very nice and when did the music bug hit you the singing bug I should say
2: Always as a little kid, uh, I actually have a video from when I was three or four the first time I went to the snow and They caught me singing on camera already. I, I always liked singing. I always liked performing always loved the culture so at about 12 or 13 is when I actually became uh, More involved in the marching bands and the folklore group. I learned the auto sax. I learned bundling the mandolin and so once I started learning the mandolin and integrated myself in the folklore group, that's when I started singing. And um, shortly thereafter, no, not shortly, it was a, a, quite a few years later, is when Manuel Ixcobar from Colinas was like, hey, you need to start singing fad because you've got a good voice and you might go—you know—you might get, be good for it, you should give it a shot. At that time, I was too involved in the community. I was president of the Portuguese band of San Jose. I was in a folklore group. I was in Carnaval. I was just too scared to, to take on the other task of singing fado. When, oddly enough, uh, as I grew up, I, I did envision myself, you know, on stage, being a fadista, singing fado. But it was nothing more than one of those dreams that you have that you're like, ah, this is not never going to happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah. sure enough, with his persistence, um, I, I stepped into it. Elio Beirão and Maria das Dores which I know Angela knows, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they're the ones who, who kind of initiated me and pushed me into that uh, that line of singing in the sense of Boss uh, had uh, an anniversary din- dinner and they had me sing a couple of tunes by myself, accompanied by singer L. Uh, and some other musicians. And so that's what kind of sparked it and Manel, again, going back to Manel Shkabad, once he saw that, he was like, okay, you're, we're not taking no for an answer. Show up on Wednesday and <laughs> practice. <laughs> and literally, it took off from there. Wow. Uh, a couple of months after I started rehearsing with them, I had my first gig in January of 2011. And since then, it's it's been like wildfire. It's been great.
0: Wow. So this has been since
2: 2011. Yes. yes. Wow. I consider it fairly new. Because there's other singers out there, like Angela Brito, Sandra Pacheco, that, that, that are local fadistas that have been singing longer than I have. I think what's helped me is I'm one of the very few males. Not, not yeah, very many true. males are singing fava out here. So I guess that's been helping me. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been averaging about 25 to 30 uh, performances a year since I've, been, since I've started singing. It's amazing. And
1: and what's, what's been your, like, once you, I guess that after that first performance and it was pretty clear, like, okay, this is something and we're going to, we're going to do this. Did you think about like what your approach or your style would be? Like, do you really want to stick to the more traditional stuff or because, you know, there's like Marisa and some other who, who have kind of gone, uh, I don't want to say, Uh, Well, they have like a, it's like a nouveau Fado kind of, you know what I mean? And, you know, as a way to differentiate, which, and I love Marisa, I think she has an amazing voice. So what was your approach on how you wanted to, I guess, differentiate?
2: I'm very traditional. I see myself very traditional even till today with with Fado especially. Um, But my goal was to bring Fado that has, or Fado songs that have been hidden and lost through history. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, and kind of bring them back out of the gutters. Not so much rejuvenate them, but bring them back into light. Um, wow, that's awesome. Fernand Ferinha, to me, was one of my all- all-time favorite fadistas. And unfortunately, not very many people sing his music. I never heard of him. It's yeah, I name.
3: <laughs>
2: he was yeah. big in his time, definitely. He was definitely big in his time, very well known. But very distinct style of singing and even his fads were very distinctive. So it's funny because I'll sing some f- uh, fads from Fernanferinha and people in the audience who are very big fado aficionados will come up to me and be like, that was a Fernanferinha fado, wasn't it? Just oh because gosh. the way it's sung and the style of it and the, the lyrics, they can just hear it and know, oh, this is a Feringa fado. And so that's what I was looking for. I know i sing one of them, and I actually recorded it on this next album, uh, Faz da Freire. And uh, that was very scandalous, fave back in the 60s and 70s. And it was actually outlawed in Portugal. And it wasn't allowed to be sung because it, was, it spoke about a nun who had a forbidden affair with a man. And wow. it was forbidden to, uh, to be sung in Portugal. And so it was taken to Brazil and sung in Brazil and kind of forgotten in Portugal. And so I sung it one time and it just, people went crazy. It's like, oh my God, I haven't heard that song in years. And I only heard it once and it was a big ordeal in Portugal. They wouldn't allow us to play it. And so, yeah, I was like, no, if they don't want it to play it. I'm going to do it then. <laughs>
3: so I kind of brought it up.
1: That song, pretty then, amazing. Yeah. That's amazing to hear that um, father addressed uh, a social issue that way because it's pretty common for for father to address like uh, the government or war or some other you know kind of issues throughout history. Uh, but I have never heard of a, a father addressing a social issue like that. So that's oh yes, really awesome uh, to hear that the, every,
2: they would time exist. Father, every time fathers were written back before Vincente uh they had to be approved by the government and. Um, even oh when God. I went to the wow. when I went to that. Portugal in 2013 at the Museu do Fado in Lisbon, they actually have fads there that are stamped denied by the censorship from the dictatorship at that time that, that they crazy. wrote and they were denied. They were not allowed to be sung because they were too scandalous or they referenced a couple of words here and there that was not approved by the government. And so, wow. yeah. and are they are they sung now? Did did someone bring them back? Some that of them have been brought, uh, brought back. Yeah. I know Amalia Rodrigues really pushed the envelope after. Uh, okay. So yeah, some of them have been brought back, but others, you know, honestly were lost in history, I think, because they were denied and not, not able to be sung. So they were kind of filed away and forgotten. This was one of them. That's
1: amazing. And so talk a little bit about your your approach to the first CD. And then I, I you said that for the second one, you went into the style of Coimbra, right?
2: So the first CD was more used or put together as an introduction uh, to our community here. You know, letting them know, look, I sing Fado. I'm taking this seriously. Let's, you know, here's what I can do type of thing. Uh Um, This second one, and it was kept very traditional as well. Uh, This second one is more of, we're we're trying to market this more for Portugal. So then they're aware that, you know, We sing Fado here, too, and we do it with respect and with quality, and, you know, we're here. As far away from Portugal as we are, we're still making a big presence here with Fado and our Portuguese culture. Um, I did step it up a little bit more with this record in the sense of adding new elements. I didn't push the envelope as far as um, Anamora or Marisa does, um, where they, I call it jazzify it. yes. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Yes, I didn't push it that far uh, because I still want people to hear it and be like, yes, this is Fado. Right.
0: But
2: then in the background, they will hear, wait a minute, what was that in the back? You know, and in, in this album, you'll hear a cello, you'll hear an accordion, you'll mm-hmm. hear a piano, um, you'll hear a soprano sax. But these are so subtle into the, the Fado that if you're not really paying attention, you might miss it. Hmm but you hear it and it's still Fado, but with, you know, the scent of something more. And that's what we wanted to do. Push it just a little bit more, but not far enough to where it's not recognizable anymore as Fado. Got it. And so, yes, we did also add Fado Quimbra. Uh, the, the name of the song is Cantar de Migração by Rosalía de Castro. And it's a very traditional Fado Quimbra. And the minute I heard it, I was like, oh, I need to do this. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'll be honest, I'm not a huge fan of Queen Quimbra fa- Fado. Mm-hmm. I can hear maybe one or two, uh, any more than that. And, and it's overkill for me because they're, those are very melancholic, very deep, very dark. So, yeah, too much of it. <laughs> yeah, of too that. much
0: of it is too much. It, yeah. Yes,
2: yes. Uh, and it's definitely not a style of Fado that very many people are interested in. Fado in itself is a very... Um, unique style of music so you either love it or hate it and oddly enough there are you know there's a specific community of people that like fado. not not very many portuguese people are adept to fado, mm-hmm. uh, much less fado queen which is a, a lot more different so yeah i'm hoping by me pushing the button on it uh will you know attract more people to it
0: and what's funny is is my from my siblings, just my sister Adeline loves Fado. She, that's, that's her thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and any time that Anna, oh my goodness, I'm going to say her last name wrong. With Mora, is it Anna Mora? Anna Mora? Anna Mora? And when she comes to uh, the New England part, she, she's there seeing her. The same thing with Maritza. She goes and sees her and all of that. And, uh, because that's who we have coming out here to sing Fado. Mm-hmm. It isn't. We do have some locals, a few local people who sing fado, um, but not that many. It's it's not that many. Uh, but my, like I said, my sister Adeline loves it, and and I, you know how you like Maritza. I it's, it, I can take some of her songs, like U Barco Negro. I love when she sings that, and I also love um, Ana as this. I love that jazzer side, that jazzing in there, that music that she puts in there to some of her music and I can listen to it. But if it was all the melancholy, deep, dark, whatever, I I just.
2: just, I I think that goes back to how father originated. I mean, father originated in the taverns of Portugal. So it was very simple. It was two instruments and a singer, nothing more. Mm -hmm. These fadistas that are coming out here and doing performances at you know, huge auditoriums and civic centers and centers of performing arts. If they were to do that, it, it would be a boring show. So they have to put on a production. I get it. Right. Yeah. Uh, they, they have to bring in some percussion and make it a little bit more. Is that true, Father, in my opinion? No. But it's a production, Father. Right. Uh, and you ask anyone in, in Lisboa, and they will say the same thing. Uh, father is literally a true Father's sung you know, in front of 20 people in a little coffee shop where everyone's sitting on each other's lap, literally, because that's <laughs> how small it is. People are smoking, they're drinking, but then when FOD starts, you know, you hear nothing except for the singer. And so that is a true FOD. Right. When they come over here and do those productions, I'm totally for it because it is, it's a production, it's a show, and you have to put on a show. Right. But it's not the true FOD that is what FOD is, you know. It's a production.
0: Now, David, is this all you're doing now is your music?
2: Oh, dear God, no.
0: Uh,
2: <laughs> no way, no way. Uh, I'm actually sitting in a conference room right now at work. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm an executive admin for a data center. So I support the the executive level team here at the, the data center. So that's my day job. And I, I do Fado as a hobby, but I don't like to call it a hobby because I, I take this very seriously, so someone,
0: i think it's more than a hobby. Yeah. yeah
2: so someone yeah. T- told me this is a professional hobby. And I was like, okay, I like that better. It's a professional <laughs> hobby.
1: <laughs> and have you um, performed in Portugal
2: or? I have um, back in two thousand, and that's what made me realize all these these new aspects about fado. Um, back in two thousand thirteen, our uh, previous consul general, Nun Matias, uh, sent me over to Lisbon for a conference. Um, Curso de Dirigentes Jovens da Diaspora, or something like that. Uh, and so I okay. went representing the northern part of California. And so when I went, it was with the Secretário do Estado, José Cesario, in Lisbon, that put this on. Um, in Lisbon, we were there for about a week in Cascais and Viseu. And so I took the opportunity to stay a couple of extra days. To, I had already been, but at that point, I wasn't really involved in FAV yet. And so now that I was, I took advantage of this trip out there and, and hung out for about four days on my own and was able to sing. Um, students that were there with us knew that I sung. And so we went to a fath house one time and they went and told the owner, look, this guy sings and he's from California. We should have him sing a song. And I was terrified. Uh, because Yeah, talked yeah. about
1: being put on the spot. <laughs> right?
2: And so they threw me up there uh, and they're like, Okay. Pick a song and sing it. I did. And it just, it was amazing. Uh, I was able to sing two more nights at that same restaurant. (gasps) Oh
1: my gosh. They said, come back.
2: I came back uh, the following. I was there on a Friday with the friends and then they had all left and I stayed there a couple of more days. And then I went back on Sunday to meet Carlos Macedo, who is uh, also a a fadista, a writer, uh, plays guitar. And I went there to meet him because I had connected with him on Facebook. And once I went back, the owner saw me again. She's like, oh, my God, you're back. You're going to sing again. And sure enough, I sang. And interestingly enough, it was a crazy night. Uh, because at that same night, Celeste Rodrigues was present. And that's Amalia Rodrigues' sister. And so oh she was God. there that night, was able to sing. Maria Amalia Pruensa, who was another Fadista, was also there and sang. Josh Fernando. Oh, my God. Uh, he's the one who wrote uh, Shuva for Marisa. He was there that night. And coincidentally. How did coincidentally, you, how did he you was, keep it together? Oh, my God. Right? <laughs> <laughs> coincidentally, he was actually going to be here in California two weeks later playing for me as well at the Newark Pavilion. So I introduced myself. I was like, hey, uh, you're going to play for me. I'm from California. He's like, oh, you're David. And yeah. So we already connected there. And then as I was singing in front of these people, in walks in Pedro Mutinho, which is Camane's brother, who also sings. And so I've got all these quote unquote A-listers out there. And I'm singing on, you know, not on stage, but I'm singing at the restaurant where these these guys are all at. And I, I'm I just I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, my legs were shaking like crazy because I couldn't I could barely stand with the nerves and the anxiety I had with all those people there. But it it definitely it was it was a dream come true. I People ask me how it was. I, I don't know how to explain it. I mean, it was it was an out of body experience. It was amazing. But
0: let me ask you this: With all of those great names, they are surrounding you. Did they come after after your performance? Did they come around and support you?
2: Uh, okay, Co- <laughs> coincidentally. Okay, so I, I'm singing. I'm I'm sitting there or standing there singing, and I decided to sing one of the songs that Kajmazev wrote. "A Noite do It's a beautiful father. He wrote it and he would sing it. And so since he was playing there that night, I asked him if he would let me sing his song. And he said with with much pleasure. So he played it and I sang it. And five houses there, you don't hear a pin drop during when, when, when someone's singing. Mm-hmm. And they clap and then you move on to the next song. There's no introductions, there's no talking really. And so I finished singing Anoite Timo and in the middle... As soon as I I, I finished singing it, Slesht Khrich stood up and pointed at me. This is in the middle of the whole restaurant. Oh, wow. And goes, who, sang, who wrote that song? I was like, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was him. It was him. He wrote it. And I'm pointing it because I was thinking, oh, my God, she must have hated it. Or I did something
1: wrong. She's like accusing me of something, like stealing
2: the song. Yeah, she. She. This is hilarious because I mean, she's in the middle of the restaurant, standing up. Everybody's sitting down. She's standing up, pointing at me, and not yelling, but like speaking loud enough to everybody, where everybody could hear her. And I was like, it wasn't me. It was him. He wrote it. Carlos wrote it. And she goes, that was beautiful. I want a copy of that song. And it's so well uh, interpreted. You did a wonderful job. And then she screamed out, Afadishta.
1: Oh my
3: God. (laughs) Wow.
2: They they say that, you know, when you're singing at a tavern and, you know, they're screaming out "Ah, ah, Afadishta, Afadishta, that's like, quote unquote, your baptism type of thing where it's like, okay, someone's really, if, if they're screaming that, Chills!
1: You know, means- oh my gosh! I got goosebumps when you yes. said that.
2: Yes, yes. and I, I almost fell over. So yeah, I went up to her, gave her a hug and a kiss. We took a picture and talked for a little bit. It was just I can't even. It was just weird. It was it was crazy. It was crazy. That is an
0: out of body experience.
1: So. <laughs>
3: just, yeah. Just
1: like Holy cow. So have you been? uh, I mean, there's really no topping that
2: (laughs) performance. uh, But have you been there? I was able to go to a few more Five Houses uh, because I'm I'm good friends with Joana Mendoida and because she had had already performed with her here. So I met up with her there, went to her. She was at Senor Vinho in uh, Alfama. So I I was able to hang out with her. And then a, a couple of days later, I was able to sing at Parreirinha, I think it was, in Baixa. Where I was able to sing in front of the dignitaries of Portugal, the Secretary of State. Uh, that was part of the the con- that conference that I was there for. So yeah, I was. It was just overall, it was an ex- an amazing experience. So amazing that I actually wrote a fado about it, and I'm launching it with this new CD. Um, it's called "A Realidade de um Sonho," where um, I wrote the lyrics. <laughs> And then uh, it's to the music uh, by Julio Proenza. So yeah, It was really good.
1: <laughs> so is so any plans to go back and uh, do another performance or like um, absolutely you know, like, like the festival? They have the Fado festival every year, right? And things like that. I mean, uh,
2: I'm I'm hoping. Well, uh, I already bought my ticket last week. Literally, uh, <laughs> I fly out on July fourteenth. So my idea, I'm going out there for two weeks. And so the idea is to go, you know, about four or five days again in Lisbon uh, and then spend the rest of it in the Azores because I've already got a couple of contracts coming up for the, to perform in the Azores. Um, and then while I'm out in Lisbon, uh, I'll be setting out some care packages and stuff for next week, sending out the, the CD and two music videos that I'm also making that's going to accompany this new launch uh, for the new album. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, out, while I'm out there, the goal is to be an interview, is to go, you know, visit Hadi Amalia because they already have my first album and they play it fairly regularly, oddly enough. Uh, I'll get calls from people, I'm listening to you right now on Hadi Amalia. I was like, Oh, wow. Crazy. So awesome. um, the idea is to go back out there, you know, give them the, the, new, the new album uh, and see if I make any connections. Um, you know, am I looking for fame or riches with FOP? Absolutely not. Uh, I do it because I love it. I'm not expecting anything out of it, um, mm-hmm. more so, you know, some sort of an acknowledgement in a sense, uh, or or, or, to, or letting them know, you know, we still, we left Fado here too, we don't yeah. necessarily need to be born in Lisbon or raised in Lisbon to be able to sing Fado or appreciate it, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm only one person that's doing it, I, we've got tons of fadistas. You know, all down the East Coast, there's a beautiful fadista that's coming out of India uh, that I heard a couple of months ago. Uh, From India? From India, from Goa. Um, Wow. I I can't think of her name right now, but, oh, my God, she's amazing. I've heard a couple of fadistas down in Brazil. Uh, There's two guitaristas that are amazing down there, Wallace Oliveira and um, Ricardo Araujo. And these are amazing guitaristas who are, go, are now going to Portugal on a regular basis playing, f- and playing guitar. So that wow, you know, is definitely growing. So it's more more so for an acknowledgement so they realize, you know, we're, we're doing it here and we're, we're doing our best to make justice for it.
0: You know, what Portugal needs to understand or the people that are in Portugal is that, you know, just because we don't live in Portugal mm-hmm. does not make us any less of... That connection to who we are and and you know the thing is is our connections are so strong and whether we connect in different ways whether it's through music or literature or through whatever the case may be the connection is still there and I and I think that's a beautiful a beautiful way of showing that connection sure
1: Uh well and they should frankly be super thrilled that we're maintaining the connection Absolutely, in these, in these uh, areas that are much larger than
0: Portugal <laughs> and we're correct. sharing it with the world stage. With the world, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Now when you're going to Portugal this year uh, in July, you said you'll be there for, uh, for a few days and then you'll be going to the Azores. Which of the islands will you be going to to perform?
2: Um, I think I'll be performing in Szeida. Um, I'm, I'm good friends with Fabio Ric, who also wrote uh, an original tune that's on this album. It's actually a duet that I sing with Angela Brito. Fabio Ric opened up uh, a new tavern, Fath Tavern, in Angra do Iruishmu in And so he's invited me to, to come by there and perform there uh, next time I'm in town. So I'm connecting with him and should be performing there. Yeah. There's talks about having a performance in Fayal as well uh, during, uh, during Semana do Mar, which will literally be that last week I'm there. Um, wow. and then in Pico, they may, uh, this has all happened so fairly quickly, so they're, they're in negotiations to possibly have a performance in Pico as well. Um, oh, nice. I'm also friends with um, Ermin Dalvernage. She's a Felista who's from Pico but lives in San Miguel. So I'm going to reach out to her and, you know, if there's possibilities at a five house in, in San Miguel possible. Well,
0: it's funny. Cause I'm going to be there in July in San Miguel. <laughs> so we'll have to talk. Make it <laughs> We're going to have to talk. Cause if you're going to be in San Miguel, uh, I'm going to be there towards the end of the month of July.
2: Yes. That's when I'll be there.
0: Okay.
2: But, now you're I, I, in the East coast. I'm sorry. You're in the East coast right now. Is that where I am
0: at? in the East coast right now? What yeah.
2: part of the East coast?
0: Uh, in Massachusetts.
2: Okay, so I'll be in Massachusetts. Uh, We just finalized uh, the agreement. I'll be performing in Massachusetts with Angela Brito at uh, Viva Portugal Day, I guess it's called. Oh, down here in New Bedford. In New Bedford at the Zyterion Theater.
0: Oh, how beautiful.
2: So we will be out there for that. So yeah, maybe we'll cross paths then. Oh, I
0: think we might, David.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful.
0: That is wonderful.
2: But yeah, a lot of new contracts have uh, sur- have, have surfaced due to this uh, this new launch as well. So, yeah, I'll be going to the East Coast in May. Uh, also, we'll be going to Maui, uh, Hawaii, in September. Oh, beautiful. Uh, it's the 140th anniversary of their Portuguese... and and stuff like that, so uh, Audrey Hosha-Reed is the one who sent me the invitation, I think Angela, you might know her because she was here a couple of years ago when there was that intercambio with uh, Hawaii and uh, the Book of the Holy Spirit Oh, okay Uh, They were all here, and so yeah, she reached out to me and I'm going with uh, my guys from here Helder, Steve, and Alcino and we're going to perform at their convention there in September
0: Wow, one hundred and forty years! Yes, that's that's a long time.
1: So, David, I know you said you don't, you know, really plan on making this like a like your only thing, but the way things are going, it just might become <laughs> your only thing. Honestly, I mean, look at the Portuguese kids, right? They started out that's right We're doing it part time, and now that's that's their livelihood. So, never never say never. Never oh,
2: say yeah. never, David. And, uh, I, I won't say um, never. Um, I, I just feel. If, if I wanted to make this a more career-oriented thing, I, this isn't just me thinking out loud, I'd probably have to move to Portugal and, and make it out of Portugal.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: The, the other thing, too, is I'm just the, the one singer. I, I need musicians, and these musicians have lives. They have jobs. Right. Uh, it's not enough for them to quit what they are doing to pursue this.
0: Yeah. Right. That's no, so a good point.
2: It's, it, it's good point. difficult.
0: Well, you know what, David, you're going to continue doing what you're doing. Oh, definitely. And, you know, and what happens is, is for the same simple reason, if you're meant to be able to do this all the time, it will find a way.
2: It'll happen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not out there hunting for it at all, but if it happens, if the door opens, I'll walk through it and we'll see what's on the other side. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: But in the Um, meantime, I mean, the momentum has just been incredible and uh I mean, we're so happy and proud for you. Um, you. It is really, it's been amazing to watch your progress. Like we said, in in such a short amount of time and uh, the stars have aligned with, uh, you know, I think Father has been more, uh, say more popular, but I think people are getting more into it and understanding it more. So you're seeing more Father Nights, even out here in California. And, uh, you know, with more people coming on board, but then you have someone like yourself who just, kills it every time and you know because sometimes you go to these, these performances it's like oh she did okay this time or he did okay this time you know I've heard him sing better but uh, I mean every time I've heard you you just you kill it every time so it's everybody knows they're, they're gonna get like the best quality show you know what I mean like it's you know you're gonna leave there if you're a true lover of Favu you're gonna leave there just like <sighs> Like that was so great, oh, you know, like, you, so was, oh, awesome. you,
0: know, uh, you know, the whole thing is, is, and, and I think Angela and I always talk about this too. And that is, there are a lot of people who are of Portuguese descent, who, unlike you and I, David, you know, at home, we only spoke Portuguese. We were totally immersed in our uh, culture and all of that stuff. Some people were not, you know, yeah. and as they're getting older, they're, they're wanting to reconnect. With their heritage, with their culture. And and Fado is part of it. Fado is part of it. And a lot of people are coming into it for the first time.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. You and, know, and that's another goal that I've got doing it here is to make it reach out to the non Portuguese community. Um, right. You'd be surprised, especially at these events like when Anamora comes out or Marisa. Or even Karamin. I saw Kadamin last year and she was just amazing. Ninety percent of the people there are, are, are Americans. Right. Um, I know. So and, and they love it and they don't understand a word of it.
3: <laughs>
2: right. I, I that's the point of FAD is to be able to move someone just by the emotion you're transmitting while you're singing. Mm-hmm. You don't have mm-hmm. to know what they're talking about to feel what they're feeling.
0: Because music is an I
2: mean, all language.
0: I mean it doesn't there is no language to it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, oh, absolutely. That's beautiful. Well, I know one of the things we're going to do different on this podcast that we haven't done before is that we are going to, with your permission, uh, play one of your songs, so yeah. that our listeners can listen to you one of your songs, David. Mm-hmm. So we'll make sure that you get that song that you want us to share um, over to Angela, and uh, and then we'll be able to post that on here uh, because I think it's important for people to listen
2: to it sounds great I think that would be wonderful
1: and so we'll just kind of changing gears just slightly because you know we're all sitting at the Portuguese table having this conversation and inevitably there's food on the table
3: right? yes
1: always and so we we have to talk about some of you know, our favorite foods and things like that. And, and uh, like we do with all of our guests. So, so David um, growing up, so you were, it, you caught on to father early and you were listening to it. And from a food standpoint, what are some of the things that you remember most about your childhood and, you know, Portuguese food? Like, did you have a first food memory? Like, what did, what do you remember as one of your favorites?
2: Well, the first food um, it was papas nishtum. That stuff's ah! amazing. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll be like, okay, I, I just need a little bit just to reminisce again. Because uh, that stuff's amazing. Yeah, papas uh, is delicious. I, uh, basically, I think the first food until today, it, it, I, I would honestly say it's my favorite dish. Portuguese dish is carne porca lanchana. Hmm. And, I love uh, that. No my way. mom makes it not because it's my mom, but she makes it amazingly. I haven't had it any better than how she makes it. <laughs> so yeah, I would say that was my that would be my favorite. Uh, and then yeah, growing up, my mom's kitchen, you know, culinary style was always very Portuguese. You know, sopas cozido, carne visada, molhas de carne, canjica de galinha, bife portuguesa, linguiça, coxinhas. It was very mm-hmm. We yes. were very Portuguese cuisine-like, so, yeah. Oh. All it's right, so, and so in,
0: in all that, what was your least
2: favorite? Soup of Oh,
0: you don't like fennel.
2: Oh I my. can't even smell it. It's, it's <laughs> you know, I,
0: I used to call it grass soup.
2: Yeah, I call it hair soup. <laughs> it's, 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 oh, I can't even, just envisioning it is making me want to gag. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one of my childhood memories about that. I was young; I was twelve, thirteen. And you know, in Portugal, with Portuguese family, you don't leave the table until your your plate's cleared, yeah. literally cleared. And I sat there, and I didn't want to eat it. And they, my, my my dad was like, "You're not getting off the table or out of, out of the table until you clear your plate." And I was like, "Okay, I'll sit here all night long if I have to." <laughs> and I sat there for a good, I want to say five or six hours. Oh my, um, my god! I, I'll I'll die at this table before I I eat this. I'm not touching this. Oh. So since you know, then, they never forced me to eat sopafush again.
1: Oh my god! You know, I I get it because as a parent, that takes stamina, right? <laughs> Endurance much. to like make the kids sit there. Oh my! I can't even imagine. I mean, we're pretty we're pretty strict with Aurelia and making her you know eat
2: eat her dinner and things like that. But six hours. Oh, okay. I can't. They had turned out. It was hilarious. They had already turned out the lights and everything went to bed. And I sat there in the dark. Oh, my was, God. <laughs>
0: <it."> <laughs> but you know what?
2: Look what it built in you. you right? You are. You're going to stick to your guns. I'm the, tra- I'm the traditional stubborn Portuguese.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh I
3: God. love it. I love that it.
0: That is awesome. That is so you know. Awesome. But you know what's funny is you just said something, Angela. And I, because David, same thing, my parents and and I know it's same thing with made you sit down and you had to eat it. And I hated that. I hated it, hated it, hated it so much that when I had children and I refused to do that to my girls, Mm -hmm. I refused. I kind of like, that was like the, I had to break that cycle because it was, you know, crying and eating and, like, oh, and like shoving the spoon. No no way. I was not going to do that to my kids. I wasn't going to do that.
2: And it's not going to make them like the, the meal anyway. No, it wasn't. Like it.
0: it wasn't. And it didn't. And it didn't. Because whatever I didn't like then, I still don't like. Mm-hmm. You know? Um. No, I... Ugh. Yeah. No, thank you. Now, what do you like to cook?
2: To cook? Um, I, I do like... Canja de Galinha, for me, uh, oh, you, you can't go wrong with a, a nice canja de Galinha, homemade chicken soup yeah. or called beer. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm a very easy going cook for myself. Uh, I live alone, so I can easily have dinner by eating a couple of crackers and some Saint George cheese, and I'm good to go. <laughs> I am not about to come home and cook, because Portuguese cuisine isn't something that you can just get home and cook. It has to marinate for two days. It has to be yeah. in water to desalt, in yeah. like five days. It's not something that's just easy to whip up. Yeah,
3: it's uh, all fancy
2: frying, deep frying something because <laughs> poaching and frying go hand in hand. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm very content with quick and easy cooking. Uh, uh, if I have guests over, yes, then I'll go into some pork chops, marinated uh, steaks, and you know, chicken. I'm not a fish person for sure um really i'll eat it if there's nothing else on the table and i'm dying of hunger but uh if not i'll I'll tough it out
1: (laughs) no no sardines for you
2: oh uh, that's that's number two that's right after funch (laughs) that's right after funch
1: well i had she shops for the first time so i'm not a big sardine fan but i had she shops for the first time not too bad they're a little they're the flavor's not as strong so you might have you had those
2: Oh, I used to. Oh, God, did I ever. Uh, <laughs> it was one of those days I would sit there and cry throughout dinner. I don't
0: want this. I don't want this. <laughs> the thing I, I always like to ask people, is, and that is, what does it mean to you to be Portuguese?
2: What does it mean to me? It's a very cultured community. Um, you know, I have a lot of friends from different different ethnicities. And I don't always see so much culture in in the others as I do ours. Or maybe they're there, and I just don't see it, and I'm not part of it. But you know, being Portuguese, there's, there's just so much about it, and it sometimes can be overwhelming because you know it's marching bands, it's Carnaval, it's folklore groups, mm-hmm. it's supper, it's fundraiser dinners, it's fios. It's it's just so much that goes on in a Portuguese community that a lot of people don't even realize. Um, so, yeah, it's something I'm definitely proud of. And it's, again, goes back to the, the goal that I'm, I'm trying to achieve with this album is to put it into the American community. We have mm-hmm. such a rich culture, but unfortunately, I feel we're also very closed. Mm-hmm. Portuguese tend to keep it to themselves. So it's like this is such a beautiful tradition, such beautiful culture, such beautiful dancing, music. Let's open it up and, and bring mm. other communities to it, bring awareness to other communities. And unfortunately, we don't. I don't feel we do as good of a job as we could spreading it out to other people. Because some people are like, oh, Portuguese, that's like next to Spain, right? And that's pretty <laughs> much all we know. Um, yeah. And it's such a rich culture. I just wish it was more divulged out there.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: No, it's, it's an excellent point. And that's something that we, we talk about on, on the podcast all the time is the need to promote. Our, our heritage and our culture and, and let people know how incredible it is, right? Exactly. There's nothing to be and ashamed
2: well, of. Take this podcast for, for for example, it's done in English. I wasn't expecting it to be in English. Um, well, well, David, you, you
1: know I don't speak Portuguese very well. So.
2: Yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> but this exactly. is the way that this is a, a good step in the right direction to mm-hmm. spreading it out there because you're not going to understand it if we're saying it in Portuguese.
0: Absolutely. And that's, that's the one thing that I, I we have uh, come against some people who have said, well, why isn't it in Portuguese? Well, because there's plenty of Portuguese music out there. There's plenty of Portuguese people talking out there. There's There are those stations already out there. But if you're like my nieces and nephews or their friends or whoever they were, or whoever, they're not speaking Portuguese now. They're speaking all English. Mm-hmm. And if they want to know about their heritage and their culture of where they come from, this is where they're going to learn. They're going to learn okay. their language
1: right. and a story. Well, and those are the generations too that we have to bring into the community and make them feel welcome. The second, third, fourth generation who, That's are, right. who are not always going to be 100% Portuguese, right? Their, right. their dad's going to be, or their mom is going to be a different ethnicity when they get married, they're going to marry a different ethnicity. And so they may have this connection to being Portuguese, but yes, they've lost the language a little bit, but they have some great memories that they either want to recreate, um, or reconnect or even have for their children. Right. And so we have to create, uh, an atmosphere where, those uh, those generations are are welcome and where they feel that they can fit in and participate, not just attend, right, but but also participate. And uh, I mean, that's and become this, leaders. Like, that's yeah, and that's a whole yeah. other conversation. I, mean, I was
2: just gonna branch out. There's a, this would take a huge conversation uh, mm-hmm. or another topic uh, about the Portuguese community in general. Um, but yeah, I mean. If, if we don't attract it or, and make it appealing for the newer generation, they're not going to want to do this and continue with it. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's a whole different topic.
1: it is it is is a whole different topic that you know i I will say there are um efforts in our community to explore that and really remedy it on a very active level so there's like there's a little american conference coming out actually this coming weekend by the time this podcast airs it will have already happened but you know uh, that's happening here in california we're actually planning a national conference in June, HALCAS with FLAD and the embassy of Portugal to explore these very topics. So it's an active conversation happening. And I would encourage anybody that's out there that feels strongly about this to get in touch and, and, you know, provide your input because that's really the only way that we're going to know which direction to go and, and how to, to keep it going is when we get input from everybody, right. you know, because you know, while father is coming, you know, because so we talked about father this podcast and father is becoming more more popular, um, and growing. You know, there are going to be some people who don't like father. So, what do they want to do? What do, where do they want to spend their time and, and their effort? So there, and there's so much to our culture, right? There's oh, so many different types of music, so many different types of food, some art even. I mean, that's one area that we don't explore a whole lot other than, you know, maybe some local artists uh, that are phenomenal, but, you know, we don't have a lot of really uh, big art exhibits of, of Portuguese artists and, um, you know, literature. I mean, there's just so much to it that that's right. it's, there's, you know, there's something.
3: We have a lot, of work. For, we well,
1: have a lot some, of work to do. Yeah. But there's also, there's my, I guess my point is there's something for everybody. I yeah. don't feel like, you know, yeah. I I don't like the Portuguese stuff. Well, no, I bet you there's something there <laughs> you'll like. So, well, David, thank uh, you so much. No,
2: and, you thank know, you. It's
1: been a lot of fun. So yeah. when, so where, where can people find like your upcoming tour dates and where you're going to be, or if they wanted to uh, buy your CDs, and tell us, tell our listeners where they can find you
2: um they can go reach out to my website uh dave uh, com. uh there they will get links you know to where they can buy the cd to my calendar to see where i'm performing next uh find out a little bit more about me my bio links to my facebook youtube uh i'm on itunes spotify pandora all that fun stuff uh i'm, I'm easily accessible but it's with my three names, David, Silveta, Garcia. Uh, I started performing just as David Garcia, but someone's like, oh, Garcia, you're not Portuguese. I was oh, like, okay. wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah." So that's when I was like, okay, let's add Silveta because there's no denying Silveta is Portuguese. So, Correct. Uh, yeah. So yeah, just on my website and yeah, all my contact yep. information is there and Okay. Look out for me at a place near you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Excellent. And we'll include we'll include that link uh, in, in the show notes, not only on SoundCloud, but on our website, on our blog post, so that in case anybody needs a confirmation on how to spell Silveda, <laughs> there, <laughs> there will be no no mistaking. Uh, no, but this has been awesome. I'm so glad to to have had you on the podcast. We're so thrilled. The
2: pleasure was all mine. Thank you so much, Angela, for the and, invite. <laughs> a Pleasure meeting you, Maria.
1: Yes, Thank we will again. meet this we year. Will definitely definitely. Yeah. Yes, looking forward to it, hon. And wow. um, put a badge and, and good luck to you. And, and we wish you all the success in the world. Thank you. doing awesome. And uh, thanks to our listeners out there for joining us for another episode and spending some time with us at our Portuguese table. If you have not hit subscribe, please do so and share this podcast with your friends and family. And we love to hear from our listeners. So if you have questions, comments, suggestions for people for us to interview, anything, we really yeah, love shy. to hear. Yeah, um, send us send us your comments. And uh, And as always, if you haven't written a review yet or given us a rating on iTunes, please, please, please do so. So it really does help others uh, who are looking for podcasts of this genre to, to find us. So the more ra- the more ratings we have, the more discoverable we will be. And that is, uh, in fact, the truth. It's not just because we want pats on the back or anything. It actually really does help. So with that, I think it's a wrap. And, uh, it
0: is. Até think- a te próxima.
1: Até a te próxima, Maria. All right, Karina. All right.
0: Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to our Portuguese Table podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, you can do so on SoundCloud or iTunes. And all episodes can be found on our website at www.ourportuguesetable.com. You can also reach us at
1: feedback at table.com with comments, questions, or suggestions. Até, Até a próxima! próxima.